What's up, everybody? It's Honorado and Bagnardi. It's Chris Honorado. It's Sean Bagnardi live on the News Channel 13 Facebook and Twitter pages. You might also catch us Saturday nights at 6.30 on my four. What's up, Bags? What's going on, man? This is one of the best times of the year, is it not? Yeah. We've got the overlap is awesome. The overlap, the baseball in the playoffs. We've got hockey and hoops underway. And football is now really taking form where we're starting to see who the really good teams are. And we're getting so many great primetime games. Very exciting time to be a sports fan. Yeah, right. We're going to talk NBA here on the show. We'll get into the Major League Baseball playoffs as well in terms of what we can on a Thursday, knowing that there are games still to be decided in both the NLCS and ALCS. Um, and two great guests on the show, Chris Rose from NFL Network. He's a host with NFL Network. Many of you probably remember him with Fox, but also MLB Network. We'll get into football and baseball with Rosie. And Adirondack Thunder head coach Alex Lowe will join the show as the ECHL team in the Capital Region gets ready for its season opener Saturday night in Glens Falls, a team bags that hasn't played in, what, 18 or 19 months. Let's get it all going here. You're watching Honorado and Bagnardi. This is Honorado and Bagnardi, brought to you by Outfit House. And oh, by the way, Bags, all that we teased there, right? We've got our NFL picks coming up as well. The Pick'em presented by Pick 6 Vodka uh, each and every week. And a special guest picker this week. Ooh, okay. You see that, and I can't wait to see his picks, which again... We don't see the picks until we reveal them here on the show. It's done independently. I don't know who Sean has picked. We don't know who our viewer has picked. I don't even know who the graphics department. Yeah, right. That really says it, man. Early in the dark. Double secret probation. Exactly. All right. Before we get to Chris Rose coming up in about 12 minutes or so, let's talk about what happened NBA opening night. But then, Bags, I'm, I can't wait to get your thoughts on this and how it maybe trickles down to the rest of the season. No Kyrie Irving, and that looks like it is the foreseeable future destiny of the Brooklyn Nets. What did you see opening night against Milwaukee, who beat them up pretty good on the scoreboard? They did. And is this Brooklyn team good enough to win without Kyrie Irving and without a replacement for Kyrie Irving? Yeah, obviously they'd be a lot better – with a replacement for Kyrie Irving. I mean, you'd like to get, if you're not going to get anything out of Kyrie at all, as a fan, I'm sitting here saying, I'd like to get something for him because if we had another role player or two, what did I see opening night? I saw them lose to the champions on ring night. The champions looked pretty good. Um, the Nets got down big early, down 19 at one point at first half, closed the gap really before halftime to the point where I felt like, all right, we got a ball game. And then the second half, Milwaukee really just kept them at arm's length. Uh, a lot of the same problems for the Nets that we saw in that conference semifinal series against the Bucks, and really throughout the year came back to plague them, allowing second chance points. I mean, that was a big one. They turned the ball over too much. I think from the Nets' perspective, this is a very much a different team, not just because Kyrie Irving isn't there, but they've got a lot of different role players. I mean, of course, they bring back the stars. And it's going to be about Durant and Harden. But 
know, Patty Mills had a great game. He's going to be a yep. big player for them this year. Of course, Paul Millsap, who really didn't play much at all. Uh, Aldridge coming back. Bruce Brown didn't play until the very final seconds of the garbage time of that game, So, I'm, which I wasn't really sure about. But, look, there are new pieces. It's going to take a while. I think they'll be in a much different position at the end of the year after those guys have had time to gel together. But ultimately, this is always going to come back to the Kyrie Irving question until they answer it. Assume Kyrie does not play and the Nets don't get a replacement, okay? We can speculate as to what maybe Brooklyn should do if, if they're able to pull off a trade. Are the Nets still the team to beat in the East, in your opinion? No. I, I think Milwaukee is the team to beat because they're the champions. And they yeah, but you wouldn't see, but you wouldn't say that's not the determining factor. Is that uh, def- you? You always say like, yeah, they're the champs. You're the, they're the champs until somebody beats. But but that isn't how we do our preseason projections. Like, yeah. well, they won it all, so they have to be the number one. Well, let me put it this way: if the Nets don't get anything back for Kyrie and he doesn't come back, I I think they are still the most talented team. But I think Milwaukee is the best team. They are. They have. They. They've got it all figured out. They they have they're well coached. They play together. They know how their pieces work together. Now, at the end of the year, after 82 games, maybe the Nets get to that point. And if the Nets can become a better team together and play together and become one really good unit, then having that better talent probably puts you over the top. But until I see that, no, it's going to be Milwaukee because of how well they play together and how organized they are. That's why they were the champions. And now, on top of that, they're just the champions trying to defend their titles. So, for me, it would be Milwaukee, not based on just opening night. Again, the Nets are the most talented. They're just not a team yet. Quick roll call. J-Man's watching. Good morning, gentlemen. What's up, Jason? How are you? Our guy, Sam. No better way to spend a Thursday. I could think of better ways, but we appreciate the compliment anyway, Sam, right? And Jeff Casey's watching as well. Uh, We'll roll call here. Uh, every time we start a show, at least in the first segment, if I forget, then we won't. But but ideally, that's the goal is to shout out some of our viewers uh, each and every single week. Um, we will get to what Kevin Herter did in the last week. We had a little rapid reaction presented by Professional Fire Restoration when Kevin signed that contract extension. But Bags, what did you see from the Knicks right out of the gate? That was an impressive double overtime victory against the Celtics. I asked our EP here at News Channel 13, Josh, who's a huge Knicks fan. Okay, but what are the Knicks? Like, that was a nice win on Wednesday night, but what are they? Are they contenders in the East? He said, I don't know, they're probably somewhere between three and six. Three feels high for me. Four feels high for me. I think they're somewhere between five and seven, to be completely honest with you, because I know Tibbs will take them to above their ceiling, but but the book is out on the Knicks now after what they did last year. Nobody's rolling into the garden thinking, ah, this is a 30-win team. No, this is a playoff team in the East. And, yeah, they beat Boston, which is a good win. But I, I think they're going to get a, a good shot from everybody every single night out back. So I, I don't know that this team ascends above the five seed in the Eastern Conference. They were the four last year. So I'm not – this yeah, is not, you know, crazy. No, and I, and I, right, probably to finish around that same area, um, you know, four, I think four to six is reasonable. Um, what did I see really opening day? The big thing for me, man, the garden was back. This team established itself last year as at least a, a playoff team. 
I don't know about a, a championship contender or a, a conference champion contender, but they're a contender as far as, you know, going out there and, and we know they're going to play hard and we know they're going to compete for a playoff spot, maybe compete for home advantage again in the first round of the playoffs. And the Garden, you know, fans, if they didn't catch on last year, they were certainly aware heading into this season that was an, a thrilling game opening night. Now, the Knicks should have won in regulation. They, they made some boneheaded plays in that game. Um, but separate from that, I mean, look, that's a good win against the Celtics. Tatum was was off. And if he has a, any kind of game at all, they don't win. They're not better than the Celtics. But that was a really good win on opening night. And the biggest takeaway for me, New York City is back for hoops because you got the Nets what they are and the Knicks now being a really tough out every single night, you're right. They're going to get the best from a lot of people, but we know that Tibbs, like what we saw last year, the Knicks are going to give their best in every single regular season game, which unfortunately you can say for every other team in the league. So, yeah, they're going to get the best from everybody, but they're going to give the best, and that's going to, that's going to allow them to accumulate a lot of regular season wins like they did last year. How about this, stat? Evan Fournier, the first player in Knicks history – to go for 30 or more in a team debut with the Knicks. Man, good. here's our guy, Kevin Herter. He signed that four-year, $65 million contract bags earlier in the week, and we knew he'd get paid at some point. Didn't know if it would have to come through restricted free agency or if the Hawks would finally open up the, the book a little bit for for Kev, and they, they, they do right at the deadline on Monday before that 6 p.m. Eastern deadline. Again, four years, $65 million. And quite honestly, it's below what I thought he would get. I thought he'd be in the 18 per year range, 18 million. It's 16 and a quarter. Yeah. Okay. I mean, look, we knew he was going to get paid. He got paid. I think he wants to continue to be in Atlanta, obviously. They obviously want him. So, it, it makes sense to me. This is okay. You can, you can argue maybe a little bit on the money, but this is what we were hoping for with Kevin, where when he started to really emerge as, okay, this guy is, this guy is not just a role player. He can be an important player, a starting player, a player who, as we saw in the postseason, on any given night, he could go out there and have a huge game for you, help, help lead you to a win in a big spot. So this is – it's nice to see. Well, obviously, we've talked to Kevin on the show. Personally, I'm happy for him. Um, could he have gotten more? Maybe. But, look, maybe he can get more next time around. You know, I think he's he's going to continue to grow in his career. And if he just continues to take, you know, one step every year, well, where's he going to be in a few years? I think in an even better position. So, good for Kevin. Good for the Hawks. They're going to compete again this year, too. Um I don't like their chances as much as I did last year, even though I do think they'll they'll be about the same as they were. I think the East is just going to be difficult. They're not going to win the Eastern Conference is what I'm saying. But this is great for Kevin and great for the Hawks. Uh, Chris Rose from the NFL Network coming up uh, after the break here. We'll get into his big picture thoughts on the Bills, Giants, and Jets. We'll also talk some baseball with him because he is still – a baseball host in a lot of ways. You just see it now on the digital platforms with John Boy Media. Hang around. Chris Rose from the NFL Network coming up right after this 
on Honorado and Bagnardi. Folks, DJ with Professional Fire Restoration, and we've been turning crisis into calm for a half a century. Imagine waking up one morning and having your house on fire. Nobody ever thinks it can happen to them, but it happened to my family. The first thing I did was call Professional Fire Restoration. From start to finish, DJ was there every step of the way. Thank God I made the right call. They turned crisis into calm for my family. When only the best will do, you know who to call. Professional Fire Restoration. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose. Claim your crown. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. All right, Shawnee, we'll recap week six here, but you know we're looking ahead to week seven, and there's nobody better to do that with than one of the hosts of NFL Network, and that is Chris Rose. Yeah, man, I don't want to make him feel old, but I've been I've been watching Chris for quite a while on TV. I remember the best damn sports show period. That was one of my favorite shows of all time. Been following his career since then. So I am excited and honored to have him on the show with us today. All right, you bring up the show. Let me bring Chris in here as we talk about the show, and I will divulge this. When when I interned in college, now I went to Los Angeles as part of an Ithaca College program, Chris. Oh, Rose. you were part of the Ithaca program. I was going to say, we, we used to have like a, I don't know how we figured this out. We had like some sort of pipeline from Ithaca College to the best damn sports show period. I don't know if there was a tunnel running from Ithaca <laughs> to uh, the Fox lot in Century City, but I was like, everybody that interned here went to, is from Ithaca. What's going on? Well, now my story isn't as good because I wasn't one of the interns, but a bunch oh. of my buddies were, oh. and they said great things about Chris. They said two things. John Sally's really darn tall, and Chris Rose is such mm -hmm. a good dude, and here's further proof of this, Bags, is that he's hanging out with a couple of us in Albany, New York. Chris, man, how are you? Well, I'm doing great. Guys, it's just that my schedule's wide open. Probably, you know, <laughs> two or three years ago, I wouldn't have done this. I got to be honest with you, but now I'm just wide open. So uh, no, I'm I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, what, what happened, uh, Chris? Why could why were you, did you not make the intern cut? Right. Well, to be honest with you, I went with Fox Sports West. Um, oh, okay. So yeah. you went with like uh, was Billy Mack over there? Was Billy Mack working? No, Fox he, Sports West. I no. was doing the whole like I went for the whole highlight studio show track. Mm. Working at Staples Center, that stuff. The my buddies that were smarter, they did the fun things. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, though, it was perfectly fine. That was I'm mean, sure you loved being in a studio that was the size of a broom closet <laughs> instead of on the Fox lot, you know, where we were yeah. kind of the cool hip show back then and kind of the trendsetters and kind of paved the way for all the moronic shows that are out there today. So those that was our fault. Well, thank you for paving the way for two idiots like us. I appreciate that. Welcome um, to Idiotsville. You got it. Yeah, exactly. All aboard, guys. <laughs> Are you gonna ask him about football? Let's let's get into some let's get into some hard news football related questions now, Chris. Can we please? 
All right, you did reference that you're just wide open now, uh, but you you didn't stay away from baseball long, which which we'll get to here. But mm-hmm. the NFL is is obviously what you are doing here. I'll say air quote full time um, because you dabble in so much, Chris. But let me ask you about the Giants here in the capital region of New York. They trained in Albany for 16, 17 summers, and that's where people's allegiances mostly lie. Um, do you think Daniel Jones is the quarterback of the Giants beyond next season? I honestly don't know because, you know, the first four, five games, he played really well. Yeah. You know, he wasn't turning it over. He had a career high in passing yards, got a great win down in New Orleans. Uh, you know, he was not the problem. But And I know that the offensive line is still a mess, and I know he was without – Three of his top receivers last week when Tony went out after the first drive. I know he doesn't have Saquon. So the question is, how do you evaluate him at this point? Right. And I'll be honest with you, I don't I don't know. I think people that know a lot more football than than me would even say the same thing. Because he is athletic enough. Uh he is he seems like he's got a lot of the tools. It looked like until last week he had cleaned up a lot of the ills right. with the turnover issues. And then he turns it over four times, and that's that just can't happen when there's that much of a talent disparity between the two teams. So I I think you have to continue to use this season as as an evaluation tool. I'm not trying to dodge the question. I I honestly think you need another 11 games to say, well, we got to go one more year. But I wouldn't be shocked if they don't pick up the fifth year option on him. Let me All ask right. it maybe a better way. Do, have you seen more from Jones? so far than you did from Darnold in other words like there was the those a lot of those same issues we kept saying with Darnold well the coaching stinks the old line isn't good he doesn't have any mm-hmm. weapons uh are you more confident what you've seen from Jones maybe developing long term in New York than you did from Darnold here's what I would say I think there's a better chance of Daniel Jones turning into Ryan Tannehill than Sam Darnold turning into Ryan Tannehill okay. which means that if you make the wrong decision on him then he could end up being a decent quarterback, certainly a top 12-ish quarterback on a playoff contending team. Right. I'm not so sure I could say the same thing about Sam Darnold. All right, well, then how about the Jets? Talk about an evaluation year. What are the chances at the end of this season we look back on what the Jets did, and and, and it's a positive evaluation where they feel like they are moving the right direction. I mean, that was the plan, get the coach, get the new quarterback, and turn the culture around, start building the right way, any chance at the end of the year we can look up and say that's what the Jets did? No, because there won't be a good enough evaluation. Still a severe lack of talent with that team. Uh, you know, your be- arguably your best player on offense isn't playing. I know that says something when your left tackle is your best player, but <laughs> okay, that that's, that's the deal right now. Um, so I don't know if you're not going to have that evaluation after year one. You're just not. That's where this franchise is. If they're not a top three draft pick at the end of the year, I'd be shocked. Mm. Meanwhile, Chris, there are people screaming at us because we get reminded routinely that there is only one NFL team that plays in New York State. And, oh, by the way, they are pretty darn good, and that's the Buffalo Mm -hmm. Bills. Tough one Monday night. Just on the surface, what what do you think about the call that Sean McDermott made there late in that game to go instead of trying the game tying field goal near the goal line? thought it was the right call I thought Josh Allen slipped I thought Deion Dawkins got blown up and I thought it was a great play by Jeffrey Simmons like everybody's like well it was a terrible call and Dawkins 
let's give Jeffrey Simmons some credit. Yeah. He blew up another human being that is his size. And it's not all that easy to do. He made a fantastic play. With all that being said, does it stink for Bills fans that now they fall to four and two and now they got to start looking every week at, well, can we get a better record than Baltimore? Because by the way, Buffalo is one of the few teams that can punch its tickets to the playoffs. They're going to go six and zero in the division. Yeah. Their overall schedule is not ridiculous. Do they have some challenging games? Absolutely. They do. You know, they have to play Tampa Bay. Uh, I get all that, but, Still, compared to a lot of other teams that were on first-place schedules, it ain't all that difficult, in part because their division stinks. So at the end of the day, they would love to get that one seed because that's valuable to get that rest. They know that last year because they had to go into Kansas City. But there's nothing, as long as Josh Allen is healthy, that says they can't win one or two road games if they have to Mm -hmm. to get to Los Angeles. I, and I can't say that about every contending team. So how about the state of the AFC then? Is Kansas City still your number one until they aren't? And if no. they're not anymore, or if even if they are, then who's the biggest threat to them? Is it Buffalo? Is it Baltimore? Tennessee, Baltimore. what we saw on Monday night? Baltimore. Okay. They're doing this with 16 guys on injured reserve. And earlier on, uh, on Tuesday, they put Ronnie Stanley. He's done for the season. So – you know, they've been playing without their left tackle basically the entire time. They're a really good team. And Lamar continues to just evolve and impress and win over more and more fans. So I would say it's – if I were to rank them right now, I would go Baltimore. And then I would go Buffalo kind of 1A because I, I do think that Buffalo can win. If it came down to an AFC championship game in Baltimore, I think that Buffalo could win that game. It wouldn't surprise me at all. And it all depends on on the health of the squads, you know, which key guys are missing at that time of year. But yeah, those are those are the two teams that I look at and I say they're they're better. You know, Patrick Mahomes is gonna have to put up 40 in January on the road in order to win. Do I put it past him? No. Is it easy to do two or three times if he has to? Nope. Where are you on Lamar Jackson, Chris, maybe compared to where you were when he was drafted? Did you feel differently back then than you do now as you put Baltimore as the number one contender in the AFC? So uh, I look at it a little differently because I grew up in Cleveland. I'm a huge Browns fan. When Baltimore traded up to that last spot, and that was Ozzie Newsom's last draft, and I used to pretend to be Ozzie Newsom in the backyard. Like, that was my guy growing up, number 82 for the Cleveland Browns. I actually had decent hands. I just couldn't run. And so I always wanted to be him. And then when he went with the Browns to Baltimore, which I, don't, I never begrudged him for making that move. I mean, geez, if your work company says, hey, we're moving, he's like, yeah, I got to go. And he turned into a Hall of Fame executive. And then that's the last move. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, no. Like, we're going to have to see this guy for the next 10 years. Now, I knew that as long as – Baltimore bought in and was willing to change their offense Mm. that they were going to have something. I didn't think he was going to be this special. I just honestly didn't think so. I was like, I don't think his accuracy is going to improve. I don't think he's going to be able to throw the ball downfield enough to get it done. And guess what? Every challenge where they say, you're not this, you're not that he has gone and worked on it. And he's come back and he said, all right, so now what? So now what? You know, beginning of the year, he was turning it over a little too much. That's why they lost that Monday night game in Las Vegas. Uh, You know, he had a couple of critical turnovers against Kansas City. 
as long as he's not turning the ball over, it's virtually impossible to stop him. Mm. All right, real quick before we hit a baseball question on you here, how about the NFC? Is Tampa still the number one there for you? And again, same idea. Who's the biggest threat to them? Is it Green Bay? Is it the Rams? I think it's probably the Rams because I I like their talent the most on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think Dallas has improved uh, exponentially yeah. on defense. And as long as Dak is healthy, that's a really, really good football team. Uh, Green Bay will continue to stockpile wins because much like the Bills, they're in a mediocre division at best. I mean, I know that I know that Minnesota is is better than the rest of the AFC East has to offer for the most part. Uh, New England will always put up a, a good fight, but I just don't think they're talented enough. And then Chicago is okay. You know, they're not great. They're fighting some of their own demons. So Green Bay is going to stockpile wins. And by the way, the road to the Super Bowl last year went through Green Bay, and they still didn't get it done. So what about the Cardinals? Do you think that what we've seen out of them yeah. is – you know, it's impressive, but is it come playoff time? You know, could they do they stand a real chance like some of those other teams who've been there, like your Tampa Bay and Green Bay? Uh, to me, the biggest question is is the coach heading into the playoffs. You know, Cliff Kingsbury didn't hasn't won anywhere, right? He was sub five hundred at Texas Tech. Yep. His first two years here in in the league have been okay. That's a really, really good team. And they've had impressive road wins in L.A. and Cleveland, where they not only won the games, but they beat those teams up. They beat them. So even me just forgetting about them for a second shows you how little respect they get. And that's a that's a whiff on my part. I, got, I need to put them in the equation because they're, you know, in, in 10 days, they're going to host the Green Bay Packers. That's a huge, huge game for them because he's going. To, they're going against an elite quarterback and a team that is seemingly playing decent football. Yeah. So, you know, if they get there and they're 7-0 and they're – in you know that game and then all of a sudden they're eight and oh and they've beaten the rams and browns on the road and they took down rogers then you're like well what else do they have to prove you see it on the bottom of your screen 7 30 on sundays eastern 11 30 as well nfl game day highlights nfl game day final is where you can find chris rose uh and and let me just admit here usually my long-term season predictions of like who makes the playoffs who advances deep in the not bad the week-to-week stuff i stink Mm-hmm. But I did pick the Browns to reach the Super Bowl. So that one's on me, man. My my bad. Oh, wait a second. You're getting off the train already? We're only six games in. We're like 37% into the season. You've had enough? I'm like every other fan. I'm very, very fickle. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'd i have to go back and look what Tampa Bay's record was through six games a year ago. Hmm. I, I don't – it certainly wasn't great. No. And I think they were like six and four through ten games even. Yeah. And, and had just suffered the worst loss of Tom Brady's career, that home Sunday night game against the Saints. So I'm not saying that uh, – because usually I'm a very pessimistic Cleveland fan. And they are, they are, they've got some major, major issues, meaning that they, there's a very specific formula to them winning games. And if they don't you know, punch in all the correct numbers, they're not going to win a game. But we'll see. They're also, you know, to be fair, far, far from hell. Okay, I'm back on. They're far from healthy. Um, Chris, we love seeing you doing some John Boy media stuff, man, because uh, you made intentional talk go. Here's the news of the week for New York fans is that Aaron Boone gets a new three-year contract. I never thought he was going anywhere. I'm a little surprised that, that it wasn't one or two years, but what do you make of the decision here for the Yanks to keep Boone? 
Let me start with the length of the contract. For people who are like, well, yeah, why didn't you get one or two years? Well, guess what? There's a job across town with the Mets. There's a really good job in St. Louis. And there seemingly is a really good job in San Diego. So if he was offered one year, do you think Aaron Boone would have been like, oh, thank you? No, he would have said, hey, guys, I appreciate it. We've had a nice little run. Good luck. I'll always be rooting for you. And he would have gotten another job in a second. In a second. So that's why the length of the deal had to be at least three years in order for it to make sense from his standpoint. Now, as far as whether or not he should have gotten a job, personally, I say yes. And I watch a lot of Yankee baseball, and I could care either way whether they win or lose. So I'm not a fan of the Yankees. I don't root against them. I just i am an observer. I love baseball. Here's the thing. They are a poorly constructed team. Mm -hmm. So if you think that everything falls on Aaron Boone, then you're fooling yourself. They don't run the bases well. Part of that is a managerial issue. You know, let's teach – if you don't have instincts, let's teach you some instincts. They're a terrible defensive team. They don't cover any ground. Uh, and they don't have athletes on the field. They don't have enough athletes. They play too much station-to-station -station baseball, which I guess is fine. People say, well, the Red Sox don't run. Okay, fine. The Atlanta Braves do run. They scored a couple of huge runs because their guys could fly when the ball was in the gap. That matters. You know, every 90 feet matters in October. That matters. And um, I think there's been some organizational failure in constructing the team. And to me, that is a bigger issue than Aaron Boone. Uh, and I also fully believe that if you were to ask fan bases, all 30 fan bases, do you love your manager in-game style or not? 22 to 25 fan bases would say, I can't stand what my manager does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? How many people are standing up saying, oh, that was an awesome move by that manager? <laughs> like every Red Sox fan loves Alex Cora. Other than that, I mean, even the Rays fans will sit there and, you know, half of them love cash and half of them can't stand him. Yep. And that's a team with zero payroll whatsoever. So I don't care about what the fans are saying about Aaron Boone's managerial style. Really? Okay, go ahead. You go pick one. You want Buck Showalter, the guy who's never been to an LCS? I love Buck. I think he does a great job turning franchises around. Hmm. I'd be curious to see what he does with the keys to the car this time around in New York. I mean, are you going to bring in Bruce Bochy? Does he really want to deal with the headaches of New York? Hmm. No. So who are you? Who is the perfect person to pick? Go ahead and tell me. Yeah. All right. Last one from me here. Bigger picture issue with baseball because Chris and I are both baseball fans, but we we feel like we're more old school fans. And some of the way the game is played now, we don't love. We feel like they're too, too much home run or strikeout, not enough, you know, plays, not enough balls in the gaps, plays at third base, plays at home, you know, that kind of thing. Not enough hit and run, not enough bunting, not enough small ball. We think the games are way too long. If there was one thing about baseball that kind of irks you or that you would change immediately, what would it be? We're going to let you be the commissioner here for a minute. Just one or two things even that you would change to make the game better in your eyes? Well, a few things. First of all, there's an inherent slowness to the sport. So you're not going to speed up the game. And actually, I believe if you do a study, at least I, I remember seeing this a couple of years ago, and I don't know how much it's changed. I can't imagine it has too much. NFL games were very much on par in terms of length of game with baseball. Okay, so you have no problem sitting through an NFL game for three hours and four minutes. Right. But if a baseball game goes three hours and four minutes, you're like, Jesus Christ, guys, can we get this thing going? Right? 
So there, but there's just the ball isn't in play. There's no clock. There's there's very little immediacy to the sport. That will never change. Okay, that will never change. No matter how much we hit and run, it just won't. Uh, I I don't love the style of home run walk or or strikeout either. I love watching guys run. I would build a team of athletes and try and go against the grain. I really would. I would like to see how it would work. Because the problem is, is that so many of the executives come from the same lineage, whether it's Ivy Mm -hmm. League or they're all coming out of the same thought process, like the general manager trees, you know, that are popping up all over the place. So they all think the same way. And it's all with the same at trade deadline. It's why we don't see a ton of huge moves anymore. Cause they're all worried. Like I got to hang on to my prospects. You know, I got to hang on to my prospects. They're so near and dear to my heart. I drafted them. I developed them. And then we don't have to pay them for three years. So they're so valuable to the organization. Like, damn it, guys, take a chance. Yeah. Let's go be a trendsetter. Instead of just following what that robot does in this area. Like that's the sort of stuff that drives me nuts. Be who you are, be your own person, develop your own organization and let's roll. My number one change would be managers out of full uniforms. Well, I mean, I'm, I think I'm that's big... what's holding it back with the younger generation. There's no question. <laughs> I'm a big Braves, big Braves yeah. fan. I don't need to see Snitker in the full uni. What, what are we doing here? You know, right, but... Fox for a hundred years. Yeah, but what? Uh, the, here's the problem: if Snit's not wearing that uniform, what do you think he's showing up to work in? Like, really, you want to see like? Wranglers and a big old Carhartt. belt buckle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you, what are you gonna see? Like, who would be the best dressed manager if you could go out of, uh, out of uniform? Like, who's the hippest manager there is? Kapler, is he hip? I don't. Yeah, know. I guess so. Kapler would show up, and he'd have like the yeah. superhero outfit, skin tight, jacked yeah. out of his mind. Actually, he would probably go shirtless in the dugout. Let's be honest here, <laughs> right? Yeah, he yeah. would go shirtless. You know, Joe Madden would have one of the hats where, you know, instead of uh, when you put the straws in them and you're constantly filling the beer cups on top, instead of that, it would be bottles of wine. Um, So, you know what? I think... I think where we could be onto something, guys. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I like, I, you're you're outside the box more than I. I was just like, hey, just put them in some warm ups. But I like that. Let them dress however they want. Sure. Why yeah. not be who you are? What would LaRusa wear? I mean, LaRusa. I don't even know what he would wear. He would wear uh, one of the uh, the the old time zip ups suits, you <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Chris, man, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate. It. Love watching you on the NFL Network and the new stuff you're doing with John Boy Media as well, dude. Uh, thank you so much for the time here. It is. It is my pleasure. It is my pleasure, guys. Anytime, and I'm sorry that you uh, you failed on your internship many years ago it's okay chris you know we all have regrets in life happiness is found in simple things the sun on your face sharing laughs at the campground getting wet relaxing together the love of family there's never been a better time to go outside and play alpenhouse pool spa boat and rv Bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. Hey folks, DJ with Professional Fire Restoration, and we've been turning crisis into calm for a half a century. Hi, my name is Tova. 
As a first-time homebuyer, I was proud and excited. Four months later, I walked down to my basement and I was standing in a foot of water. I was anxious, overwhelmed, nervous. I even cried. My first call was to DJ at Professional Fire. When only the best will do, you know who to call. Professional Fire Restoration. And now, your weekly NFL Pick'em. Presented by Pick 6 Vodka. All right, bags. Let's get it going, man. The NFL Pick'em presented by Pick Six Vodka. The whole crew up there, Holly and Adam and Ray and Lauren and Serge, our thanks to them for being part of this each and every single week with us. Um, our guest picker this week, bags, is somebody you know very well, Frank Rocco. And again, here's how you get into it. All you have to do is share retweet one of our posts looking for viewers and you can get involved so the rock man got involved because he shared a post on facebook so frank rocco is our guest picker this week on honorado and bagnardi's nfl pick em. first game of the week bags jets patriots jets have already had the bye week they're coming off the bye week one o'clock game new england favored by seven and a half so this is one i'm crossing my fingers here this is one i'm hoping i end up on my island because I'm guessing you and the Rockman are not on the Jets here. But you said it. Off the bye week, close game, division game. As Frank says hi, we say hi back. Uh, I'm taking my Jets here to, to have a little bit of a bounce back game and at least cover the spread. And it worked. It worked. Now all they have to do is deliver for me. So you, are, you are on that island yet. The Rockman and I both have the Patriots to cover more than a touchdown. Here's the deal. The, the number close to the beginning of the week was seven. We move it a half a point because we're not we're not doing pushes here. So the Rockman right. and I both say Patriots will cover, okay, seven and a half. That's asking maybe a little – but I – I, I just don't love your Jets. I'm sorry, especially on the road, Foxborough, Belichick. I, give me the Patriots. Okay. Panthers-Giants, another 1 o'clock game. Carolina favored by 3.5. Let me take a swing at this one first, Bags. No Christian McCaffrey makes this Panthers team very, very different. I know they're, the 500, they're a 500 team. They're not bad. But the Giants aren't as bad as 1-5. And, and even with all of the injuries, they're a better football team. I say the Giants cover. The three and a half. They may not win outright, but they might only lose by a field goal. That's where I'm hedging my bet here. Give me the Giants. You, you mentioned no McCaffrey. There, there's still no Saquon Barkley either. So this Giants team coming off an abysmal game against the Rams, you'd expect them to perform a little bit better. But here's what it comes down to. Me kind of had this comparison with, with Chris Rose with Darnold or Daniel Jones. Mm -hmm. Give me Sam Darnold. Give me them to do just enough to, to cover that number and win by four points. Okay. Uh, next game for us here in the Rockman, by the way, is is on uh, Carolina as well. Um, Chiefs-Titans, another yeah. one o'clock game. This is a good AFC matchup. We saw it in an AFC championship game a couple of years ago. Um, Titans get a big win Monday night against the Bills. Impressive there. Where are you going? 
So I'm on the Titans here. I was very impressed with what I saw on Monday night. This one surprises me a little bit, though, that, that everybody is riding with them. But I guess I don't have to justify it to you then since you agree with me. Monday night was a very impressive game. This is a home game for them in a year when the Chiefs have not quite been the Chiefs. We're going to learn a lot about both of these teams, I think, coming up in this game. We, we can glean a lot from that Monday night game and what they did against Buffalo. But Tennessee goes out and wins this game. Now they're really in the AFC conversation if they weren't already. You and I both like them to win this division at the start of the season, but not to compete for the AFC championship. They win this game. Now they're starting to push toward that a little bit. I think they know that. Derrick Henry is, of course, a beast. And Rock is a big Titans fan, so we, we knew he was going there. And now we're all on the Ravens here as well. Remember, Titans don't have to win that game, Bags. It's four and a half in favor of That's it. We're at home and you're getting yeah. points. Yeah. This might be the game of the day, honestly. Bengals, Ravens. Um, I think I'm going to hype it up and, and be hopeful that it's a great game. But I think Baltimore is playing at another level right now at home. Give me Baltimore to win by at least a touchdown. We're all on the Ravens here to cover the six and a half. Now, we picked this game because it's the biggest number on the board. Yep. Cardinals at home against a bad Texans team. Arizona undefeated, 6-0, and favored by 16 and a half. Yep. Rockman and I say, take all the points you want, Houston. We will give them whatever you need, and we'll give you 17, in fact. So there you go. We're on Cardinals. So the Texans were good to me in another game that we picked them against a massive spread they were able to cover it. So I'm going to roll with that again here. Obviously, the Cardinals are better. Obviously, I'm predicting the Cardinals to win this game. It was just a question of, is it enough? The, the, the points total, is it enough for you to feel super comfortable? Well, it didn't feel super comfortable. So you know what? Give me the Texans to cover. It's another one. I got a chance to make up a game on you. Sunday night game on NBC and News Channel 13. It's the Colts and the Niners. It isn't the sexiest matchup of the week by any means, but we will always pick the Sunday night game. And look at you again on an island. This is going to be an interesting week. Rockman and I both have the Niners to cover the three and a half at home. So I don't know what it is about Sunday night games. I nailed Sunday night last week with the Seahawks doing enough to cover there against the Steelers, right? They lost in overtime. Um. Dude, this is great. This is a great one for me because all these Sunday night games have been close. So you're going to give me three and a half points. I'll take it. I haven't been that impressed with the Niners, the Colts. You know, it's going to be a close game. I hope it's just close enough for them to cover. This is what we did last week. Shawnee and I both four and two. Uh, our viewer was three and three. So we win again and we are creeping closer and closer to 500. The numbers are not pretty. Let's see where everything shakes out at the end of the season. Here's your final look at our picks this week. Take mental note, jot them down, whatever you want to do. And again, look for those posts on social media to challenge me and Bagnardi here for an, a pick six vodka swag bag each and every week. Bags. All right, when we come back here on Honorado and Bagnardi, we're going to be joined by Adirondack Thunder head coach Alex Lowe as the Thunder get ready to open up the season, man, first time they played a game in a long, long time. Hang on, that conversation coming up right around. Not using your CPAP? Don't get banished to the couch. Dr. Frederick Dreyer can help with a custom-fit device you can't see or hear. Just pop it in and get a good night's rest. Call the Integrative Sleep Center today. Now that's more like it.
At Marcello's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Genair, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. If you're overweight, if you snore, don't wait for your next physical to find out you have sleep apnea. It could cost you your job. Call Dr. Frederick Dreyer at the Integrative Sleep Center for a game-changing alternative in sleep apnea treatment and get a good night's rest. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. Back on Honorado and Bagnardi, Shawnee, we've been teasing ahead to this all show long. Hockey is finally back in the Capital Region this weekend. Feels like, you know, we're kind of getting past saying that with every single sport along the way as we really kind of move past sports in the pandemic. Yeah, this is a very complete show for us. We've hit basketball, football, baseball. It's time to hit some hockey, man. There's a renewed interest for hockey, I think, this year, or there's going to be across the country with hockey now on ESPN and TNT. Mm. That's going to be a different, a different animal. I think you're going to have a lot of people now with a generated interest looking for where they can watch hockey games in their local areas. Well, look, I'll tell you where hockey has never lost interest, and that is in Glens Falls, New York. Uh, you go up to an Adirondack Thunder game, and before that, you know the franchises before that. The interest level in Glens Falls has always been high and we've got Adirondack Thunder head coach Alex Lowe with us here coach thanks so much for taking the time with us man it's good to see you welcome back to the capital region in terms of just being able to practice and play games uh how has it been so far for you I know camp is wrapping up and we're ready to go yeah it's been great I mean obviously it's been quite a long layoff for us uh, some of the players as well so I think it's just the excitement's certainly ramping up to get to Saturday night here uh, like I said it's been 18 19 months since we've been able to get inside the building uh, for a regular season game so I know our group's ready to go and hopefully uh, the fans are too Bags, allow me one real quick here off the top um yeah. I, I would ask every player this but I might as well ask the coach too because I think maybe it, it does pertain uh, do coaches get rusty with that much time off the way, not maybe not the way a player would physically, but like mentally, is is there something that you have to kind of get back into the, the mold? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a rhythm uh, to coaching. I mean, you get in front of the guys in terms of meetings and stuff like that. That's something that I haven't done in quite a while. Um, so spent the last week and a half or so doing that kind of thing. And I can certainly say that first meeting was a bit rusty to say the least, um, but it uh, it comes back. There's a bit of the the bicycle aspect to it. And once you once you're back on it, you're you feel a little bit better, and it's gotten a little bit smoother as the last ten days have gone past. So Chris mentioned it. No trouble getting people in Glens Falls interested. How about the rest of the Capital Region, though? I mean, what would you say to fans who maybe you know hockey fans in the area who aren't maybe as familiar with the Thunder? Maybe they went to a few Albany Devils games, that kind of thing. What could a fan? who just wants to see some hockey, what could they expect from the Thunder, you know, the brand of hockey, the style of play, that type of thing? I think my biggest thing is just give it a shot. Go, come to one game, take a look. Um, I think there used to be a stigma about the ECHL and that it was sort of a, a lower level that wasn't so good. I mean, the quality of hockey wasn't there, but I think now these days the players are excellent. Uh, everyone's well coached. Everyone plays hard. It's exciting. There's a lot of goals, a lot of action. 
And I think what happened for us is that over the past five or six years, um, just having people come in and give it a chance, their eyes are open to how quality the, the hockey is and how good the players are. And that it's really not as far away from the NHL as they expected and certainly not very far away from the American League. Yeah, and to your point, Coach, we've seen – I'm a big New Jersey Devils fan being from New Jersey. We've seen players get to Jersey from the Thunder, from the ECHL level in the last – I would say like the last – I'm going to skip over 2020, obviously, but the last two, three years where that that jump has been made, um, whether Jersey needs players closer to the, to the playoffs or the end of the season, whatever it may be, we've seen guys make that jump. And so to your point that it's really not that far off, uh, I'm with you all the way there. Um, you see Alex, well, let me put it up on the screen here because you don't see it until I do that, but where you can follow Coach on Twitter – Across all social media handles, at ECHL Thunder is where you'll find information all season long about Adirondack opening up Saturday night. And I've got this here too, Coach, because you get to start all three to start the season at home. How nice is that for you to know, okay, we got a week to settle in here to get going and, and a few games under our belts and we'll do it with the home crowd. Yeah, it's great. I mean, the, the crowds here are unbelievable. Um, I think we're already close to a sellout for Saturday night. Um, and I think for us to be able to put our best foot forward right away at home is exciting. Um, I think this is maybe the first or second time that we've actually started our season at home. So it's exciting for us because that adrenaline's there, the excitement's there, um, you're ready to put on a show for the fans. So we're, we're thrilled to get going here on Saturday night in front of the home crowd and follow that on next Wednesday and Saturday as well. So we talked about this with the Valley Cats manager, Pete Incavilli, and he told us, you know, I asked him kind of the difference now that they're they're not affiliated with the minor league baseball side. He said, yeah, look, that was great because we could focus on, you know, player development and all that now, but now we're really just in it to win it. I'm curious, where is the split for you in terms of we're going to focus on player development too and getting guys ready to maybe where they can move on to another level versus going out there and trying to win hockey games, win a championship? I mean, I think at the end of the day, they go hand in hand because the upper levels are looking for guys that know how to win hockey games. So they need to learn to do that down here. Um, that is a skill. Winning is a skill. You can certainly work on it. The, the different aspects of the game that come into the last five minutes of games, periods, whatever the case may be. So you're teaching those guys that. And then obviously there's development along the way too as individuals. So everybody's getting better. I mean, we have Peter MacArthur here. He's 36 years old and he's he's leading the drills in terms of our practices and everything so he's still looking to get better so i think it's surrounding the younger guys with older guys that know how to win and know how to get better and then they just sort of are dragged along by those guys so we're certainly a, a win first mentality but we also recognize that guys are going to improve along the way and they they want to improve they obviously want to play at the american league level but in order to do so they have to show success down here and that that comes from winning hockey games MacArthur's a name a lot of people in the Capital Region know, certainly. So is Alex Sekeleropoulos, and, and I've worked on that name. I've, I'm, I've had time to do that during his time at, at Union instead of the guys who just call him Sack. Um, but, Coach, you guys have acquired some eye-catching names, I'll say, in this offseason. I know there's a lot of excitement with guys who came onto this roster for people at home. What have you now, having seen guys on the ice during training camp, who are some guys that you're really excited about? I mean, I think the whole group's been really good. 
I know that certain guys are joining us that have spent a lot of time at upper levels. I mean, we're certainly excited to get Shane Harper yeah. uh, in the mix. Um, unfortunately, he picked up an injury here in the first couple of days of training camp, so he'll be out for a little while. But at the end of the day, a guy like that doesn't come along very often, so we're certainly thrilled to have him. Um, Peter's looked really good. Um, some of the guys that have come down from Utica have really opened up our eyes. I mean, there's a guy like uh, Sammy LaBerge. He was actually signed with us on an ECHL contract for last season, but obviously that went went away so he's actually signed on american league deal now with utica and he's with us to start the season he's really shown that he's going to be a force out there uh tyler irvine's another guy coming down from utica that's been really good for us and then some returners like blake thompson on the back end looked really good um robbie Payne certainly still brings everything that he had when he was here with us uh the last season that we played so in terms of on the paper it's a really good group uh interacting with them in the locker room they're very tight it's a they're all hanging out together, doing things off the ice together. So I'm excited to see what we can bring here on Saturday. How would you describe your coaching style in terms of the X's and O's? Do you like to play more of a faster pace? you more of a defensive-minded coach? Uh, I, we definitely play with a faster pace. I mean, I think if we're being honest, the way the NHL and the upper levels are going these days, you have to play with a lot of speed if you want to be successful. And Obviously, you're trying to get guys to go up to that level as well. Um, so they need to be used to that. So we try to play that NHL, AHL style. You play fast. You play direct. Um, you make smart plays. You're, you play smart with the puck as well. Um, you want to make plays when they're available, but you also don't want to make sure that you're not turning it over too often and that you end up uh, feeding the offense for the other team. All right, quickly, Coach, in the little bit of time we still have left with you here, I want to get to know you a little bit more and, and, and give people watching a chance to know you a little bit more. When, when we're in the pandemic and you're not coaching hockey, what are you watching on Netflix? What, what consumed your time? Oh, boy. Well, you know what? Uh, what consumed our time as a family is that we had a, uh, a baby in December of, of last year. So we actually found out my wife was pregnant uh, pretty much when things started to go south. Uh, when we ended up canceling the season back in uh, 2019. So that really occupied our, a lot of our time. So certainly having the, the new the new board on as part of the mix has kept us busy. But in terms of Netflix TV, stuff like that, um, I like Succession. But it was good to see that come back. Um, that was a fun one. I'm trying to think of what else. Not a lot of time, to be honest. What, with the what new one. causes so. you to lose more sleep, uh, game film or a newborn? That's a good question. Uh, it's going to be the newborn. Um, the game film, it's always there. You can always pick it up in the morning if you have to. Um, so when uh, when the, the baby starts crying, you certainly are awake for that, and you're certainly engaged for that whole thing. What's more intimidating, a group of young men looking to you for leadership or one <laughs> newborn baby? Uh, the newborn baby. I've done the, I've done the group of young men before. Yeah. I've, uh, I've uh, done the leadership thing for the last – I guess nine, ten years. So I'm used to that. The the newborn baby is definitely a, a new experience. So that's a little bit more intimidating at right now. Well, congratulations there, Coach. And one more Thank look you. here at the schedule ahead, everybody. Uh, Saturday is the opener, but a couple more chances uh, in the next week alone to get up to Cool Insuring Arena to check out the Adirondack Thunder Wednesday against the Railers next Saturday against Reading. And, uh, and Coach, we so appreciate the time here, man. I know you're busy with training camp, getting ready for the season. It's, it's good to have hockey back in the 5-1-8. Uh, good luck this season. No, I appreciate that, guys. Thanks for having me on. And anytime, happy to happy to join you. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face, 
sharing laughs, at the campground, getting wet, relaxing together, the love of family. There's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool Spa Boat and RV, bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. And now, back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. All right, Bags, final segment here. We'll get into the baseball a little bit. But quickly, if you're going out to watch the NFL this weekend, we suggest Arsenal City Tavern and Water Fleet O'Tools in Albany is a great spot. Go see our guy Rob Terrio at Ship's Pub in Albany. Saratoga Casino is a fun place to watch games as well. And if you just want to enjoy some pick six vodka at home, go support Marco Callahan and Exit 9 Wine and Liquor Warehouse in Half Moon, Clifton Park. When people watch this, Sean, on Saturday night on my four, will there still be an ALCS or NLCS going on? Yes or no? I think the Dodgers are going to get a win and force this thing back to Atlanta, where Atlanta will take care of business. And yes, there will be a game seven as well in the ALCS. So yes, I think they'll they'll both be going on by the time this airs just ahead of any games to be played on Saturday. Okay. All right. Well, I'd love a game seven, the ALCS. That's for sure. Uh, yes, Sam. Yep. Braves looking good. Carol. Yep. Carol. Thank you. Braves are looking pretty good here. I just, I, I, I have to say it to maybe expunge it from the record. Go ahead. The Braves were up 2-0 last year and they were up 3-1 last year. This is following almost the NLCS from a year ago, step-by-step, step, aside from the fact that all seven games last year against the Dodgers were played in Arlington, Texas, and we've got at least home field in play here. But prior to Wednesday night's win, Bags, the Braves had lost 11 straight games at Dodger Stadium. That is finally snapped. But the question is, can they get one more? Because to me, it feels like game five is the key one. This is Max Freed. This yeah. is their best opportunity to win a baseball game. He's their best pitcher. Yeah. I love Ian Anderson. I love Charlie Morton. But I want to get this thing over with now and i don't blame you for that of course you should have won game three but look we're not going to do that we're not going to say you should have won game three we're not going to say what happened last year matters you are completely in the driver's seat there's there's no excuse now Braves should be in the world series and i hate to say this as a mets fan i'm going to be rooting for them all right you heard it here last thanks for watching everybody on the news channel 13 facebook page and on my fourth, back next week on Honorado and Bagnard.